Hello, everybody. It is another Monday with the Jocks of All Trades podcast, which means it's time for Jock Talk. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, (laughs) Whether that's by choice or you're being forced to, who cares? Uh, You're still here with us, and it's great. Um, So, uh, first of all, welcome back, guys. Super Bowl Sunday just wrapped up yesterday. I'm going to take a quick second. uh, Shout out my friend Caleb Kemper at Fresh Cuts. Um, If you're looking for just a quick buzz, if you're looking for something that's more stylized, um, he is your go-to guy. Uh, He sells his own products, uh, does a really professional job, and really it is an experience more than a haircut. Uh, I can attest to that every time that I feel bougie and... and Looking good. good. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, So if you can, swing by on his page on Facebook at Fresh Cuts. uh, Book an appointment with him. Let him know that you came over for the jock special, and he'll probably give you what he gave me. And if that's not your speed, don't do it. But, you know, there it is. Um, uh, fresh so, cut, yeah. cut spelled with a K. Yes. Um, as usual, to spice up our Monday, we're going to start out with the buzz. Um, obviously, we should just talk about the Super Bowl, but we have a segment for that. Um, so we're going to start out with probably the – biggest thing that affected me watching the Super Bowl. Um, it wasn't that Burrow got hurt because he came back and seemed okay anyways, but OBJ, that injury doesn't look good. Um, is this going to affect the Rams down the road, like paying him more or maybe looking to shop him? What do you guys think? Yeah, it's certainly going to affect his career. Mm-hmm. I think for the Rams, and they're going to need to get him on the, ch- on the cheap – or Robert Woods cheaper. I don't know what Robert Woods' contract situation is right now, but both of them are coming off an injury. And it's pretty clear to see that if their run game is not working, which the Bengals' offensive line is horrible. We know that. But the Rams' offensive line is also very, very bad. They couldn't get anything done on the ground game yesterday. Um, So – they need an offensive line for sure to help, but without a solid number two, and I don't think Van Jefferson will ever be a solid number two. He'll probably be a number three. It's easier to shut down Cooper Cup, even though he didn't really get shut down. So um, they're going to need to find that wide receiver two for the offense to keep on moving. It's just, will they trust Beckham coming off an injury? He definitely played better than, than what we've seen with yeah. the Browns, 100 times better. Um, and Robert Woods is pretty near elite when he's healthy, but will he get healthy? So for the Rams, this is good because, like, they can probably get him on the cheap. Um, yeah. It's just how long into the season next year will he be rehabbing. So, And I, I went back and listened to old episodes. I remember us bashing the Rams for spending so much money and doing all these exorbitant trades, but you know what? It worked out. It panned out. They made it work. So – I guess get the really good old farts that aren't doing anything somewhere else and sign them. And you win <laughs> At least Super in football. Bowl. In the NBA, it doesn't work as well. <laughs> no, not really. No. But, um, I, I was a big Rams doubter. I was. After Stafford, like, honeymoon phase was over and he started struggling, I thought they were toast. But um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what uh, Luke and I were talking about when you came in, Kyle. Uh, on the biggest stage, finally – it was very obvious that the Bengals should have invested more in their offensive line. How many sacks was it? I counted four, I think maybe five. Like they pressured him quite a bit. He got hit all night. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you have Aaron Donald against you, even if you have a good old line, that was probably still going to happen. Yeah. But the point being, we saw Burrow get hurt and that's where it clicked for me of y'all should have invested in it. In yeah. one way or another, at, at the trade deadline, picking up a free agent, something. Like, mm-hmm. you just rolled with the Young Bucks, and it didn't work. And yeah. your your biggest star went out for a bit. Like, that should be concerning if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm uh, Zach Taylor. That should yeah. be concerning if I'm the brass with the GMs. Like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. you made it to the Super Bowl. That's great, but you got to finish. We don't always remember every team that played in the Super Bowl. We don't. We remember the teams that won. And that – that would have pushed them over the edge. Granted, if well, if P. Ryan had hands, they maybe would have had a better shot. Or if P. Ryan had better work ethic, they would have had a better shot. I'm well, sorry. If he had, better, if he had a better name, yeah. 
<laughs> that's all he did. I'm like, dude, like dive, dive for it. Like bail your quarterback out. Yeah. But um, do yeah. you guys agree? Did, did the Bengals it'll, really? It'll catch up to them. You know what I mean? Like it'll catch up yes. to them. Yes. They got very far, very good team. But at some point these hit these, these hits that keep on coming, it's not going to do well for Joe Burrow, for the Bengals. Like you can be as tough as nails all you want, but if he keeps getting hit around the chest, around the knees, around the legs, he's going to keep getting hurt. So it's, this is just like a wake up sign for them that, that says like, Hey, we kind of know the formula to get back here, but here's what's going to take us over the top. Here's what's going to get us probably more points, more touchdowns, more yards on the ground to, to control the clock a little bit better because they're a big play offense. But one of their issues is like, it's literally just the big play. It's Burrow escaping a little bit, making something out of nothing because offensive line is booty, chucking it downfield, and those receivers who are amazing making plays on it. But it's going to catch up with them if they don't start helping him out. Um, They have a couple decent guys there, but a couple decent isn't going to match Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd. And guaranteed anybody else they face in the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl – are going to have very good pass rushers because pass rushers, you need them. And guaranteed you're going to face some good ones in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. That's just how it is. So I mean, when they played Tennessee in the divisional, I think it was the, the, the divisional round, I mean, yeah. he got sacked nine times. Yeah. So here, here's the thing, and I'll get into this more a little bit later. Um, I do believe they, pro- they probably made, regardless of what you think of Jamar Chase, um, I think that outside of the draft, like get do a trade or do sign some free agents or do something to bolster that O line because what we saw because here's the thing, Tennessee got to Joe Burrow nine times and that I can't think of a name right off the top of my head that Tennessee has on its defensive line that is a terror. Besides and, Harold Landry, who's not bad, you're yeah, right. They don't have exactly. Von Meanwhile, Miller. the Rams have freaking Aaron Donald and then Von Miller coming off mm-hmm. the edge. So it's a totally different thing. And we saw the difference because they had that booty O-line for Cincinnati had to deal with Aaron freaking Donald all night long. And I think that was the main difference in the game. Um, honestly, I would have loved to have seen Aaron Donald win Super Bowl MVP. So, cause he's the one that really made, he, he's the one that kept Joe Burrow from doing Joe Burrow things. So, and Cooper Cup, Cooper, Cooper Cup did exactly what he was supposed to do all game long. And he did what he's been doing all year long, which was superb. But I think the key to it, the thing that kept Joe Burrow on his toes all game long was Aaron Donald and that defense. Yeah. Um, let, let's chat one more thing before we get into the Super Bowl. Uh, guys, this is kind of small news, but it leads to something bigger. Um, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss are leaving the CUSA early. Um, this is really a bad sign of things to come for conferences, is the, the level of talent, the level of – the level of bids that have been had for the college football playoffs every year, I think is really making teams scramble. That's why Oklahoma and Texas are moving to the SEC. That's why Cincy and BYU and those guys are going to 12. That's why these three guys are going to go to the American East or American conference, not American East. I guess that's basketball, mm-hmm. whatever point being like, we're, we're getting such a shakeup at this point that like, Nothing's ever settling, and they're not getting a chance to improve. So now if you've just come up from the FCS level, like James Madison, to the Sun Belt, expecting to get a little bit of better something because you're playing FBS, it's not going to matter. Half those people are going to leave and go somewhere else, and suddenly you don't have a conference, and suddenly your conference doesn't matter come playoff time. So this is just going to become a mad scramble for how can we stay relevant. And I think it's great that you want to move up and move into a bigger conference, but it's just bad. Like it's just destroying how to get to the playoffs. And now with more teams in one conference, it's harder for two teams from that conference to get in because they're going to have to play each other. Like it's just, it's rough. If I may offer a reason why this is happening, 
um, teams are seeing that they go, okay, you've got some tough comp- you have some tough competition in the SEC, but in the SEC, you know, sometimes you only you get to play fewer conference games. You have a bit more freedom over your own schedule, and just by virtue of being in the SEC, you get an advantage in seeding both preseason and in the right. postseason at the end right, of the season. But I'm, I'm talking about everybody, well, not just the SEC. Well, I, I know, I know, but here's the thing. Everyone is trying to move to a conference that will give them a better chance of getting into the college football playoff. That's why right. Oklahoma and Texas are moving to the SEC because they know, hey, we can go to – we can go like 11-1 and one or even undefeated – well, no, we can go 11 and one in our conference all day long and maybe never see a playoff spot. Um, but if we go 11 and one in or 12 and one in the SEC, we're, it's like an automatic thing, even if we don't win the conference championship, a la Georgia and Alabama in 2017. So right. there because is a massive good. advantage to being um, in the SEC when it comes to playoff berths. And as there is, when you take look at the Big 12 compared to any group of five conference. So teams are going to just more and more move toward conferences that give them a better chance for a college football playoff berth. And until either something happens that either levels the playing field between the conferences or more spots in the playoff are added, you're going to continue to see this realignment of the conferences in favor of the more advantaged conferences. Right. I guess my whole argument just is like, if you keep doing that, what if you move to the SEC in Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn, we're all like, Hey, we're going to the big 12, like screw the SEC. Then suddenly you've moved into a conference. That's not going to mean anything. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like if they keep doing Alabama's not never going to do that. That's not my point. What I'm saying is if people keep moving around, those conferences that they left that people are moving to are not going to mean anything. So, like, I get what you're saying, like moving to another conference to get a better bid. But when people keep moving out of other conferences to move to this conference, to move to that conference, conferences won't matter anymore. It'll be watered down. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll it'll be watered down. I agree. I agree. Which is why this is not an ideal scenario. No, I think it's dangerous for the sport. I don't even like that Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. I don't like I that. think I it's good for the schools because I, I think there are a lot of players mm-hmm. who, in this day and age, like if they don't get a starting spot, they will leave. Yeah. So if you are in the SEC, let's say, let's say you're um, Bo Nix and you know, instead of transferring to Oregon, um, there's another school in the SEC – that has a starting position at quarterback, and he's like, boom, I'm already here. Like, let's just go down. I can be the starter right away and play all these other teams. Yeah, I might not do very well, but I'm still going to be on a big stage playing big teams. Exactly. Um, so, like, from the from a player's perspective, from a team perspective, like, yeah, you're going to get some better players probably because they want to play in, in better divisions, better leagues, whatever. But from like a fan perspective, like it's just going to be really watered down because games won't really mean as much, you know. Um, right. And you play at Penn State, you play right Michigan, Ohio State, and so year. much of the sport is and, based on tradition mm-hmm. and rivalry, and yeah. ri- exactly, and rivalry. So when mm-hmm. you have these well, and, uh, realignment of conferences that have been around for so long, I mean, how long have Oklahoma and Texas been in the Big 12. And the fact that, oh, that's now out the window because they want the opportunity to be able to go 11-1 or 12-1 in a conference, maybe not win the conference championship, but Mm -hmm. still do really well, and then be an automatic bid for a playoff (laughs) spot. That's that's saying a lot, and it's destroying the pageantry a little bit. Yes, and and to Kyle's point, I, I get that too. Like if you heard Joe Burrow's comments earlier in the year leading up to the playoffs, he was getting roasted because he said playing in those SEC stadiums was kind of louder than some NFL stadiums. He said it helped prep me move to the next level. And I'm sorry, but like you're not going to go to Southern Miss and play there and be like, well, I'm NFL ready unless you're Brett Favre, which, you know, like I don't understand all these old NFLers that came from small schools and made it. 
Like that's just not pace anymore. That's just not kind of how that works. It's a rarity, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, think about it. How long ago was Brett Favre in college? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, before we were born, probably. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that I just want to talk about that with you guys because I think it's gonna completely alter what we think of as college football. But we'll we'll see what happens and get there. Um, let's move to the superb owl. Um, I thought the owl was really cool on Sunday. Don't know about you guys. Uh, <laughs> Bengals Rams. Uh, we've known this for a couple weeks that this game was going to happen. Um, honestly, the game came down to the wire. I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a blowout one way or the other. Um, I have to laugh. Mister Trash Talk himself got exposed on the like game-ending touchdown. Uh, Eli Apple was like, Giants fans suck. Saints fans suck. You guys slept on me. Get scored on by Cooper Cup. I'm like, yeah. I mean, Cooper I Cup mean, is In his amazing. defense, it is Cooper Cup, but come on, man. Don't run your mouth. But yeah, yeah Apple is like literally one of the weakest parts in the secondary. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It is true. Like, he's he's fine. Like, he's okay, but he's, but he's not overall elite. bust. He's overall yeah. bust. Like, many yep. people say he's a bust. Um, so good for him. I'm glad he got a spot. But like to to trash talk that much and really not be able to back it up very right. well. Like you're it's just not like Richard Sherman. Yeah, <laughs> you're not one of the elite corners yeah. out there who can who can go out and shut down someone. You know, if you if you shut down Cooper Cup, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, you can talk. You know, go for it. Um, but who do you have to deal with in the Chiefs game? Because guaranteed, he didn't, he didn't face Tyreek Hill. He probably covered the other side and Me faced Pringle, Pringle or Demarcus Robinson. Like, yeah, really. Right, you know, like, congratulations. He faced a right. below-average receiver. Um, I don't understand him. why he was assigned Cooper Cup in the first place. Why was he covering Who Cooper else Cup? Who else did they Were have? Were or something? Yeah, I think, I think the Rams probably would have just killed them and – in zone, probably. Because, I mean, especially once Odell Beckham went out, I feel like – I don't know if he did this at all, but, like, man coverage is probably a little bit better because you could easily double Cooper Cup, which they did many times in the red zone. But that last one, they did not. Um, and they paid for it. And they paid for it. So, well, it actually, double teams, nice... Cooper Cup would get open. So, And it was beautiful. It was a nice little out route, just a little – and he he played it perfectly. The little at the line, Apple was never gonna catch him. He was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. I was laughing. I'm yeah, like, dude, for a Mister like mouth, you were lost that whole play. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Cooper Cup won the Super Bowl MVP honors. I know I was talking about Aaron Donald should have got it. I don't think so though, because Cup is the reason they won that game. Aaron Donald played great defense, duh. But also that's kind of what he's expected to do. Like he's regarded as one of the best defenders in the league. Cup was not. Cup was. I not mean, the announcers are saying that Aaron Donald might be the best player in the game, which I thought was very yeah, interesting. He might be. Yeah, yeah, but no one expected Cup to be this this season. No one expected Cup to be the game changer, and he was. And you know, he should have been the MVP of the league. I don't like I that Karen Rogers with her new haircut won it. Um, <laughs> like he, I hate him. The more that he keeps mouthing off, the more I hate him. Like, at least Cup put his head down and worked all offseason, all season. Every game you were going, Cooper Cup went off again? Like, it wasn't, like, expected. It was like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. change or not, he put in a lot of work to be the guy in L.A. And, and I think he, he, he literally had the best uh, season of any receiver since Calvin Johnson. And you could make an argument that he had even better of a season than Calvin Johnson did when he went off. Like MVP has become the most valuable quarterback and I'm sick of it. Like the Rams definitely would not have gotten there without Cooper Cup, especially with Robert Woods being gone, Tyler Higby being gone, Cam Akers being hurt. Their offensive line's kind of booty. Like Matt Stafford definitely helped them out this year. And definitely better than Jared Goff. It's not even a question. But also, Matt Stafford had the league's most interceptions or tied with it with like yeah. 17. Yep. So that's not great. No. Cooper Cup was literally unguardable this year. And no one no one could come close to matching him. If they didn't mm-hmm. have Cooper Cup 
I'm sorry, but they wouldn't. I completely agree that he, Cooper Cup should have been season MVP and league yeah. MVP. Yes. I just am looking purely at the Super Bowl. And I I do believe that if you don't have Aaron Donald wrecking that Cincinnati O-line but, in the way that he did, I mean, they had to. They had to double yeah. him all night because if they but, single covered him one time, he just plows right through. True. Yeah, but him. without Donald, they still had Von Miller going up the middle. They still had, like, you know, I can people. It's much easier to scheme for one guy than two. I think just Von Miller, you could have been able to get away with that. Right. With you add both of them. However, Donald was not the only one sacking him. Like, if it was only however, Donald, like, yeah. But every team in the NFL has double teamed Aaron Donald. Yep. Like, the whole season. Also, the Bengals, you probably could have had Joe Schmo in there and they would have gotten in the yeah. field. Yep. Because, um, like, mm-hmm. Isaiah Prince or whatever his name is had no shot. He was just slapping yeah. Aaron Donald around the entire game. And Donald's just like, with two fingers, get off me and just let me get. Yeah, he was just one hand pushing people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, no. I don't think, I think he faced more of a challenge. Was it Super Bowl 50 was Patriots and Rams? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it was. Hey, was oh my god! Ooh. I don't know what Super Bowl was. It was Patriots and Rams. Yeah, it was Patriots and Rams. More it was, of a it challenge was like, in that game than he had against the Bengals O line. Like yeah. I, I hear, I hear your point. Aaron Donald made a big difference. I understand that, but I didn't see Van Jefferson making a difference. I didn't see Daryl Henderson making a difference. I didn't see Cam Akers making a difference. OBJ had one touchdown. Cooper Cup mm-hmm. had two. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like Cup, Cup helped. Cup was a large reason they won. A large reason. Like, I, yeah. I think if you're not going to win what should have been your award at the end of the season, which honestly, even if it wasn't for Cup, it should have gone to Jonathan Taylor. Like, Rodgers should never have been in the conversation anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, Turd Ferguson won the award again. Congratulations for getting knocked out by the Niners again, too. <laughs> like, I just, I hated it. I did. And I, I agree, Donald had a case, but I would have given it to Cup just based on how he played. Like, yeah. I saw some of those plays where he'd catch it and spin, juke. Like he made every yard count. Like and that, that one insane. fourth down too, where they oh, had yeah. that little reverse to him. Yes. He ran faster than I've ever seen him run because he was like, "We need to get this." Like he burst as soon as he got the ball. He was not going to let his no. team lose. So. Was that the one where he overthrew Stafford? No, no, no. That was a different one. It, that one. Totally missed. That was bad. But the fourth, yeah. the fourth down one was um, he came in motion and uh, Stafford oh, handed yeah, the ball right. off to him and he sprinted around the corner really quick. But um, yeah, oh. he's definitely. I mean, he was he was uh, not ranked at all coming out of high school. Zero stars. So wow, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, okay, I, I have to ask before we go anywhere else. I forgot to write it. Did you have a favorite moment of the Super Bowl? Like anything at all? I know for me, it was Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown. That was cool. That, that was cool. cool. That might be yeah. my favorite moment. Yeah. I do. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I was rooting hard for the Bengals all game long. So oh, we all were. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, happy, I, I'm happy Stafford won, but I would have liked to see the underdog win it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Honestly, just Cooper Cup. Just doing his stuff, like honestly, yeah. yeah. My favorite part might have been actually um, watching the because um, I was I was watching it with a larger group of people, um, watching the one uh, touchdown that Jamar Chase had where he kind of tugged on Jalen Ramsey's helmet, and um, oh T Higgins, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh T Higgins, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, and. Why, hearing everyone's reactions to it and then just being a total troll and being like, oh no, that was totally clean. And just watching <laughs> everyone gang up yeah. on it. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, that, w- that was a weird play. But T. Higgins, like, okay, in the span of what was it, 28 seconds, they scored like an 80 yard touchdown and picked off Stafford. I was like, they're done. That's the end of this game. Here come the Bengals. And then yeah and then and then it feel, i felt like it was that score for like ever and then it's just like slowly but surely the rams came crawling because back into the game again they're a big play offense if you have yeah. a lead in the second half and you can control the clock run the ball 
complete consecutive first downs, you can make that game shorter. But they are big, such a big play offense that they can't they can't do these consecutive first downs. Get three or four on a drive. It's three and out or a big play. So for them to really just dominate teams, you live by you the sword, those, you die by the sword. Yeah, you can get those big plays. And you can convert those consecutive first downs, and you do that by having a good offensive line and playing the line of scrimmage, which your offensive line couldn't do. So, yep. and Acres and Henderson part. just weren't explosive they, either. No, they just Acres. I don't think is it. Um, especially, I mean, he might need some time after his ACL, but yeah, um, but yeah. it won't be Henderson either. No, they're all pretty below average, I would say. So, yeah. Um. Anyhow, guys, uh, this is my personal opinion. That was the best halftime show for a while. Um, <laughs> it, it was way better than Maroon 5. I don't think anyone ever put Maroon Cold 5. Coldplay was awful. Yes. Shakira was not good. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I don't normally watch the Super Bowl halftime shows because um, unless I'm with a large group of people – if I'm like with my family or if I'm by myself, I'm be like, okay, this is where I turn it off and I go and get, go to the bathroom or get snacks or something like that. Um, but this one, I was with a large group of people. So I was just kind of in the room conversing. And um, I will say probably because I halfway know a little bit of the song, uh, Eminem was my favorite part. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's really dumbfounding to me that like a lot of people just like, they comment on my feed anyway. They were just like, this is so horrible. This is like the worst. I'm like, have you watched any of these halftime shows? 95% of them are god awful. Like, at least this one was watchable and, and. I could be like, oh, I know these songs. Oh, like some OGs are coming out. Like I can kind of dance to it. I get a little crazy, you know, <laughs> like some of the, like, am I going to dance to Shakira going like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sorry. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh my word. I'm sorry. Oh, Shakira's cool, but not in that. Super uh, cool. <laughs> But no, it's true. No, I watched that. And I'm going, you know what? I, I have better things that I can be doing with my time. Um, but no, um, Lose Yourself was good. That's what I... <laughs> and Snoop Dogg's just so chill. Like, he could rap any kind of word, any kind of phrase, and just I... do it in a same voice. And I'd be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, wait. I got it. Yeah, I had to laugh so hard. I don't know if y'all caught this, uh, but they did catch Snoop bending over, hitting the blunt, coming back up. I'm yeah. like, yep, that's Snoop Dogg. That sounds that right. Is, oh, it was just it's funny. It's the D-O-double-G. Like, yeah. And they told him not to, and I was like, it's Snoop Dogg. Of course he's going to. Like, <laughs> do y'all know this man? Yeah. Um, it was good. Like, I thought it was really good. Um, I enjoyed the the Tupac moment. That was that was really important. Um, because me I know being who I am, I only knew two people the for the entire show. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, anyways, let's let's wrap up the Super Bowl stuff with Stafford finally wins one after 13 seasons and 12 of those with the Lions. You know how patient you have to be to sit through crap with the Lions for years. And then you trade to the Rams, which weren't like the sexiest destination for him to go. Like it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then he made it work. Cup went off. Like that the whole team just like really went off. Um, yeah. I'm happy for and, him. And then, he, and then you'll have people talking about, well, he didn't stay with his home team. Therefore, it doesn't count. It's like, go yeah. away. Go he, away. He, he gave it Detroit everything. At that point, yeah. they were never going to get better. Um, yeah, no. The Rams Detroit definitely. Twenty years away from a Super Bowl, yeah. I will say it was kind of. Um, I, I do believe it, it was kind of unfortunate for the Bengals the, the fact that LA got to basically play yeah. in their home stadium. Yeah. They got to play in their They're home in the stadium for the Super Bowl. Um, what they should do is they should just have the Super Bowl permanently at Ford Field every year, and you never have to worry about that problem again. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
put it in <laughs> Cleveland too, so it won't matter. Oh, Cleveland's closer than Detroit. <laughs> no, they're about to start a rebuild. Baker Mayfield won't be yet, but that's a different discussion for another time. However, I think it is time for our spicy meatball. It's going to put me in the middle. Give me one sec. All right. Here's my spicy meatball. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, and I do agree that this past season, the Bengals should have utilized uh, trading or free agency, one of those two things, to try and bolster their off- terrible, terrible offensive line. And we saw evidence of that in the Super Bowl. And going forward, they must use every tool at their disposal to do that and protect Joe Burrow. However, and I think Aubin said something like this um, at some point on our show, and I think now I agree with him. Drafting Jamar Chase was the absolutely correct choice for the Bengals to make. I'm waiting for the comment. <laughs> I don't believe that if they don't draft Jamar Chase, they go to this year's Super Bowl. Now, they were not they were never going to win it. There it is. But they, I don't think they would even have gotten there if they didn't have that man. Jamar Chase took what was a pretty good Bengals offense minus the offensive line and turned it into a marvelous Bengals offense again, minus the offensive line. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, Aubin, I will say congratulations. You're halfway there. Uh, It's the whole team. So um, moving on. The Bengals must do now everything. Utilize all the draft picks. Utilize all the trades. Utilize all the free agency things. Get yourself an O-line and maybe a corner to sub in for Eli Apple. We'll see. Um, Once you can do that, you are going to be a very, very scary team. I can't guarantee that you will return to the Super Bowl because I'll look at a lot of teams that are good miss out on the Super Bowl, and we're like, oh, they're going to be back. And it's like, well, we don't know that. Um, But they're going to be scary if they can find a way to protect Joe Burrow going into the future now because he has all the tools he needs. Yeah, I think it'll really depend on what they give around him because we all know, and I'm sure Aubin will agree with this too, give me one sec, that um, the Bengals' defense is nowhere near elite. So the fact that they could hang with the Rams was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so I think they're going to have to overhaul the defense to help Burrow, but yeah, I don't know. They got some underrated players, though, like Trey Hendrickson. No one talks about him a lot, but he's really good. Um, yeah. Then they have Logan Wilson, at linebacker, who's who actually like guarded Cooper Cup at one point and got yes. that penalty. He's very good, too. Jermaine Pratt's not bad. Jesse Bates at safety didn't have the greatest year, but, like, most people know him as a near-elite safety. I would agree that their corners definitely need to be upgraded. Um, that's that's a big part of, again, why they lost last night. Um, but, again, like, their defense is, I think, good enough, as is, if they can resign everybody. Um, yeah. but they just need to focus on – and I don't really care how you do it. I don't. If you can get someone to play right away from the draft, great. Um, if you have to trade a second or a third for someone, do it. Like, look what the Rams did with, like, Whitworth, who was a 40-year-old man, originally from the Bengals, actually. They traded for him, and he started for, like, three years, probably gave up a little bit too much for him. But he's a stalwart at, at left tackle, um, and they needed him to play well. So I don't care if you go out and get a 33-year-old, as long as he can play for three or four years and just be someone in the middle of that O-line or on the outside that can just play every game and do his job, not get thrown around, that's what you need. So I don't really care how you do it. They just, it just needs to be done. Um, so I would expect them to be he- heavy interested in the free agent market as well as the trade market for offensive linemen. Yeah. Aubin, I don't know if you were with us earlier. I did say the O-line was the reason they lost. 
Um, and that's what sparked our uh, um, uh, spicy Tomorrow meatball. Choice. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree that the O-line was the reason they lost, but Jamar Chase was the reason they were there. So I go, you Joe know what? Bur- Joe Burrow was the reason they were there. It's a combination of just that Ex- whole. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. It was a combination of them both because they got that they got that LSU energy synergy. Let's not let's not make any holes about it. Make any bones about it. But um, yeah, I don't think they make it without Jamar. I, I love Joe Burrow, but I don't think I think Jamar was the last piece of that offense that they really needed to make it elite again. Minus the O line. Once they have an O line. Watch out, NFL. Who day is coming? Maybe. We'll see. Um, let's take out the trash this week, though, guys. Kyle knows what I'm about to say already. Uh, oh, ben Simmons, you in, – in the nicest way I can say this possible, you're a whore. Um, you, you sat, I'm sorry. Well, okay, all right. He sat on the sidelines. You say this in the nicest way possible. You're a hoe. <laughs> I'm gonna talk now. So part of part of what made Ben Simmons so frustrating was that he refused to come back to the court. Would do it. I can't play. I, mental health issues. Whatever. Whatever, man. If that's true, great. Embiid supported you. Toby supported you. You had that whole team with you. I mean, they weren't there and that you wanted out, but they understood like, something's going on. Then to hear as soon as you get to the Nets, you've already been talking with KD about getting on the court. If I find out that your mental health stuff was fake, you're yeah. done. As a human, as a player, I'm done with you. I don't want to hear the name Ben Simmons ever again. Because there are some of us that a do deal with mental health issues, A, and don't make that somebody else's problem. Like, yeah. to use that as an excuse pathetic and weak. And I just, I won't support that, like, faking it. Um. Okay, but I remember Harden ever saying it was mental health issues. I don't remember that. I remember him saying that he just hated Houston and didn't want to be there anymore. Um, which if it is mental health, then Harden's in that same boat for me. But the bigger thing was Ben Simmons. That had more like publicity about it as to why he couldn't Imagine possibly do anything. If he gets to Brooklyn and he all of a sudden just starts draining jump shots. Well he he definitely has a mental side of his game that he cannot unlock. Um, unlock. Like yep. the, the shooting, the confidence, the not willingness to shoot, uh, or, or sorry, the, the not willingness to like dunk the basketball in that playoff series last year. That's a that's a mental problem. Um, I, I don't, on, again, on I can't young. say for Yeah, Andre Young. I can't say for certain like what mental health exactly is because it's very different for everybody. And affects people in very different ways. Um, but that to me, my perspective, that's just not mental health. That's just not being confident enough. Um, he's played like that for the duration of his career. So, like, what changed? What changed that now all of a sudden you can't play? Like, if again, if he does blame it on mental health and then he plays right away, that's just so horrible. Um, like, I, I feel like Harden at least. Even though he wanted out of Houston, he still played for Houston for many, many years. So um, you're right. Philadelphia is a rough town. Aubin just commented. Um, it is a rough town. I, I understand that. But, like, this is what this is what's known. No matter what sports league you're in, I know that NFL, NBA is a little bit heightened. I know Philadelphia is a little bit heightened. But you know what to do. You know what to expect. I mean, Joel Embiid's been there. He's had many moments where, like, he literally wants to flick off the entire city of Philadelphia. But guess what? You you play the game. You get better. You do what you're supposed to do. Like, they love you. I'm not saying, like, perform better and, right. that's, and then they'll love you. But just, like, do what you're supposed to do. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia recognizes Ben Simmons' talent. I, I mean, personally, I supported him for many, many years. I mean, Brad, you know this. People yeah. hated Ben Simmons. He can't shoot. I'm like, no, 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 no. I understand he doesn't shoot, 
but his athleticism, his defense, his his playmaking, his ball handling, his passing, like he does have all of that. And many people defended him. It's just like when you do not show up in a playoff series, then we have trade talks about you. Trade talks happen with every single player. You just don't hear about them. Like it's not actively shopping someone, but like players' names are mentioned in every kind of trade talk, no matter if you're the best best player in the league or the worst player in the league. They're always looking right. to make deals. So, so Mar- Markel Fultz is another great example of this. He was supposed to be the guy, the guy. He came in, didn't do anything. Did Philly accost him? Did Philly say, hey, you can't shoot, you suck immediately? No, they were patient with him. They were patient with Ben. Did, did Markel ever say, oh, this is just too tough for me. I'm just going to stand on the sidelines until I get what I want like a child? Mental health or not, I don't do that. I don't go to my job and say, hey, my job is difficult. I don't want to be here today. So I'm going to go home and wait till you, like, send me somewhere else? Like, who does that? Like, I don't – hate it, hate it, what? Hate it, I don't, I don't know. Just – yeah, but there were a lot of people like Kyle that were patient with him. Not everybody just came out and trashed him day one. I'm just saying, if you're getting paid millions, don't be a baby. Like, if I don't, it is mental I don't know who you're talking apologize. about. If if it is mental health, I will apologize. I will come back out I, and apologize. Many but, people did not hate him from day one. No, 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 no. We were ecstatic. Now, when he couldn't shoot and like he had no idea how to shoot free throws and all that crap, we're like, what the frick happened? This isn't how he was in college. Like we were pissed off, but we didn't hate him. There was one game in particular. He got a triple double. One of the youngest players to ever do it, and the entire city of Philadelphia Sixers fans were like in an uproar because they're like, "This is what we're waiting for. Like this is we want to see these guys get better, and we want to see like their potential being like on full blast here." And yeah. unfortunately, he got traded, but. Yeah. I personally, I don't. I, I know I'm not every Philadelphia fan, but like I was on the Fultz train when they drafted him, and then once he had that, you know, a little bit improvement in his game, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to like keep getting better. And that's yeah. that's what they want. They read all the headlines. They're on Twitter. They're on the news. Any little detail of oh he improved his shot or he's working on his shot in the off season or he's getting better. Philadelphia fans are like, yes, this is what we're waiting for. Yeah, and then you don't show up. Then they're like, "Oh, well, screw you." Right. Like, like regardless of whether Philly is a tough town or not, my whole point is: if you're faking mental health and getting paid millions to be a baby about it, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Like, I don't do that, and I have mental health problems. Like, tell me you have something worse than me. Go ahead. If you did, you wouldn't be functioning. Like, it's it's just like I get it, but I also don't get it. Like, grow up. Like, if you're lying about this, grow up. But how in the world did you get away from Philly and all of a sudden mental health isn't a problem anymore? Now I'm in Brooklyn and I feel great. Like, just admit that you were a POS and move on, man. Like, that's that's not cool. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, if he, and again, I'll say it, if he does actually have mental health issues and that gets proven, not just a statement from his lawyer, or agent or whatever, then I will, I will, I will agree, but he has not spoken about it. He has not said anything about it. Calvin Ridley came out about mental health and talked about it and said, I need to step away. This is what I need to do. It wasn't toxic. It wasn't like, this is the fan base's fault. It wasn't following a bad performance. It wasn't anything. He just said, I have to step away. Okay. Like this, these are not the same like levels of departing. So, so I'll apologize if it's all true and he really does have problems, but I don't see it. If immediately before you get traded, you're already talking about playing again when you couldn't touch the court because you had mental health issues. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. done with Simmons. Um, the second one for taking out the trash uh, is Clemson's David Collins. Um, he could very easily become the next Grayson Allen. Did you guys see that? I posted it on our page so people can also look at it. Um, Duke player went up for a dunk. Obvious that you weren't going to stop him from dunking. And then he came out of nowhere and just shoved him in the back while he was in the air. And he landed hard. He got a flagrant too. I'm like, of course he got a flagrant too. Like what, like what goes through your head? Like endangering someone's well, I mean, 
if you're Duke, I'm going to assume that this dude probably has some NBA potential. No, um, he's Clemson. He's from Clemson. Oh, Clemson. Okay. Yeah. Um, he probably still might have some NBA potential. Um, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But you could be endangering his livelihood. You could be yep. endangering his health. You could be endangering his life. So yep. there are multiple reasons why you don't do that. And the number one reason you do, don't do that is you, you're not supposed to be a piece of crap. And, right. you're and Grayson, Grayson Allen has been that consistently. And look at how we view Grayson Allen. Yeah. Like, I don't think he should have a career. He's just a dirty player, period. Um, anyhow, that's our trash we're going to take out for this week. Let's go to flashbang. Um, this one is specific to the M, uh, NFL Super Bowl half show. Uh, Dr. Dre or 50 Cent? Oh, shit. Your birthday on a party like it's your birthday. <laughs> okay. I I think I know who they are. I think wasn't Doc wasn't Dre next to Snoop Dogg for most of it? Yes. And Fifty Cent was the one who was upside down. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. I'm I think I'm got to go with Dr. Dre. I'm sorry, oh, this is I'm not my strong suit at is. all. This is not the music I normally listen to. Yeah, Dr. Dre right. is definitely. Probably better. Fifty Cent to uh, me, I know Fifty Cent a little bit better because of his weird songs. Um, uh, Dre's nah, great. <laughs> I'm I'm with Aubin on that one. Dre started so many things for so many people. Um, Eminem or Snoop Dogg? Uh, I just love Eminem's awesome and everything. I just love, I just love Snoop. You know, he's so iconic to me. I know Eminem is too, but Snoop's just so weird, you know, that I can't help but to love him. So, I I, I think Snoop has a very interesting personality, but I have to go with Eminem. I think purely because uh, um, his song was the one that I really um, that I knew kind of knew the words to. I mean, I'd heard you know da 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 do double G. I've heard that before, but that's all I know. But I know kind of the words. A little bit of lose yourself and that is and those words can be are pretty powerful so i've got to <laughs> i'm sure snoop's great but i've got to give kudos to eminem because that that your, song your homework, is quality your homework is now to listen to some early snoop stuff from the 2000s uh <laughs> but we'll, we'll take it but yeah you, you have to because i feel like if not Aubin might strangle you um anyways <laughs> let's let's go to our transfer portal shakeup. We've been going through this like briefly while we lead up to the draft and mock draft stuff, and it also supplements our sideline GM stuff. Uh yeah, I, I concur with that, Aubin. <laughs> uh it might <laughs> um, probably there's been a lot of moves. Um you're assuming it hasn't about- already. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about the guys that we don't know where they're going yet, and I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to tell you who's still out there. Uh, Jeremy Singleton is in the transfer portal from Houston, uh, which is, I mean, that's kind of one. Like Houston went 11 and two this year, which I mean, that's that's pretty decent. So I mean, there must be something going on there. They must be losing some players to make them want to leave, but uh, that one will be interesting. Uh, Cayman Marley is a freshman at Tennessee. He's leaving. Can't blame him. It's Tennessee. Uh, Chase Coda <laughs> is leaving UCLA. Again, can't blame you. I'm still mortified about that whole bowl situation and who your coach is. Um, Coy Moore and Dion Smith are both leaving LSU. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because the quarterback position is just kind of in limbo right now. I don't know if it's because Brian Kelly. <laughs> they didn't want to dance with Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, so let's go through the ones we do know. Uh, Javon Baker uh, is leaving Alabama to go to Kentucky. That might be a really good idea for him. Uh, because even when this was a year where we weren't sure about our wide receiver situation, he still wasn't very high up on the depth chart. So I didn't. I don't know if he was going to get an opportunity next year anyways. But with Kentucky losing Robinson – they're going to need a, a guy and maybe he can be that guy. We'll, we'll see. Um, Malik Heath is leaving Mississippi state to Ole Miss. Is this like taboo? 
Like, why? That's your direct rival. Like, e. Um, yeah, although it might be in-state for... rival. That that yeah, that's it, like me. It might be good for Dart. Um, he's gonna need some reliable options. He's already losing Jerry on Ely and Snoop Connor. Um, so the run game needs to be. I guess the passing game is gonna need to be rebuilt to stay competitive in the SEC. Um, Jermaine Burton, I know this is the one that gave everybody fits, uh, is leaving Georgia and going to Alabama. Um, before everybody goes off about it, I- I'm just going to phrase it this way. Do you want Stetson Bennett to throw you the ball or Bryce Young? Stetson. Well, I, the I last time they played, Stetson Bennett won. <laughs> for the first time in his whole career. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Uh, I'm no, I would, want, I would definitely want Bryce Young throwing to me. I'm yeah. not. I love Stetson Bennett. Go Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Um, that's fine. We'll move on to uh, – sorry. <laughs> Listen, just because his name is – Red man, Kyle out of the call. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brendan Rice is leaving Colorado and going to USC, which you would think, okay, I don't know who that is. That doesn't matter. That's Jerry Rice's kid. So to pull him, I think just the name alone might be important enough to impress USC recruits. Um, Don't know if he'll actually do anything, but who knows? Uh, Kobe Hudson is going from Auburn to UCF. This is going to be a familiar theme. A lot of those guys are leaving Harson's regime and going to Gus Malzahn, who's over at UCF now. Um, I don't blame him. Like, Harson disappointed in year one. And these guys probably came in for Gus anyways, so it just makes sense to go over there and play with him. Um, J.J. Hegways goes from Auburn to Ole Miss. Again, help Ole Miss game. Good for them. Uh, Mario Williams, I know a lot of people talked about this one too, is going from Oklahoma to USC. Um, I don't really have an opinion on that because we haven't seen a lot from him yet, so we don't know. It could be a dud. It could be a steal. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, Joshua Moore is going from Texas to SMU. Apparently he wasn't getting playing time. Um, and SMU has been like a border decent team every year. And you play Texas, so maybe it's a good thing. We'll see. Uh, did it, did it, did it. Jacob Copeland is going from Florida to Maryland. Um, I don't think your situation is any better going to Maryland, but how about it? Yeah. You might have had better success staying at Florida, but right now Florida's program is not in the best of states uh, at all. So at this point, it's like, you know, anything is better. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Nayor is going from Wyoming to Texas, so I guess Texas gets something back. Um, even though Wyoming's quarterback was more of a rushing quarterback than a passing quarterback, but whatever, maybe he'll turn out. Um, Jaden Hasselwood is going from Oklahoma to Arkansas. Arkansas is getting some decent stuff this year. We'll talk about more stuff that they got down the line as we keep going down. Yeah, Jadon uh, Hasselwood is like the, he was the best receiver in his class, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, very similar build to, I mean, Traylon Burks is like 230. But Hasselwood's like 6'3". Um, if they can use Hasselwood in any way like they did Traylon Burks, I mean, be like it seems like they, they're competent. It seems like they know how to run an actual offense now. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I think that's good for them. I mean, Jefferson's still there, right? Their quarterback. So, yeah. Um, he plays right away. I think he'll step on the field and produce for him. So, yeah. Uh, that should be pretty good. Um, Micah Pittman is leaving Oregon and going to Florida State. This is important because this is Michael Pittman's little brother. Um, so maybe he gets a better shot at Florida State. Oregon has always kind of been committed to the run game. Um, they do pass, but they're not flashy passers. Maybe that changes at Florida State because Florida State is going through a question mark period with quarterbacks. That's up in the air. We'll see about that. And the last one is Jason I mean, Powell, who is yeah. going from UTEP to Arizona. Um, good luck in the Pac-12. <laughs> um, all that being said, let's go to overrated quickly. 
and then we'll wrap up with baller baller bill y'all um overrated is the lakers and the nets um look the lakers were supposed to be this powerhouse team after all those signings and they're anything but um so it just kind of no. makes it difficult they just I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in the overrated category as much as oh they were never supposed to be good and they aren't cuz let's be honest no one was saying um oh look at all these yeah. old vets like carmelo yes, and russ that they yes, added they and they're like oh they're going to change everything it's going to be awesome it's like were. people were crapping on russ people were crapping no. on carmelo no. all before then no. and the fact that they're I all think, together now is not yeah, changing no. that's i think that's, us i think us like brad i think us us three people like us probably weren't but like big media yes twitter they were like Oh, here it is. Get excited. It's like, no. Yeah, no, really. Okay, in that sense, sure. But that we all know that's less about, okay, are they actually going to be good? And more of, oh, look at the clicks we can get because Russ and Carmelo and uh, LeBron are all playing together. The banana boat gang. So it's just like, I go, whatever. But yeah, no, I agree. The Lakers are bad. Definitely. Yeah, uh, but but it definitely it was not what it was supposed to be at all, um, because it, and, and Kyle's right. The media, everybody was saying this is the best move they've ever made. They're going to win this year, and the three of us were like, "No, they're not," and we're right. It's nice to be right every now and then, but uh, they were they were dead wrong, dead wrong with that. Um, let's also talk about the Nets and overrated. That was supposed to be the championship team. And Harden wanted out. I don't blame Harden for wanting out. KD's hurt all the time. Kyrie's only there for away games, I think. Like Something like that, yeah. It's bad. It is not panned out. And Harden wanted out. Don't blame him. Honestly, the next move the Nets need to make, get rid of Kyrie. No, let him go to a place where he feels like he can play most of the games. Yeah. Well, not even that, but like from from the Nets' perspective, he's not contributing. Just get rid of him. Like that's where it needs to go. If you're already going to trade Harden, go ahead and trade Kyrie and try it again with like KD being the number one guy, because we were worried about that. All of us talked about that. Kyrie needs the ball. Harden needs the ball. KD needs the ball. Blake Griffin's trying to play in there. Lamarcus Aldridge. Like you got too many guys. You got too many guys. Yeah. Like I'm not shocked. All of which need the ball. I'm not shocked that that didn't pan them. So that will be our overrated. Let's go through this really quick. Uh, I'm going to talk really, really quick. Uh, DeMar Rosen was seen as like the worst free agent signing this offseason. And honestly, he's kind of looking like the best. He has helped Chicago turn around drastically. Especially with Levine being out, he has stepped up like crazy. Uh, I thought DeRozan was out. I thought DeRozan was a bum at that point. And he proved me wrong, and I'm cool with it. Um, one of the other weird ones is, look, guys, the Cavs are legit. Like, they're actually really good. Evan Mobley, uh, Jarrett Allen, uh, Darius Garland, uh, Sexton's out, and they traded Rubio for, I think, Lavert. Now they have Lavert. Like, they have mm-hmm. an insane package of talent of young guys now. Um, maybe Dark Horse? For like NBA championship, maybe like very possible. I don't know, um, but that was just the like little news. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about something as soon as I pull up what I need. Um, there were some big trades that happened at the deadline. Uh, we didn't get to chat about it, but we're going to now. Uh, if I can get this to work, because it didn't open how I needed it to. Um, Kyle, do you want to go ahead and talk about uh, Simmons Harden trade while I'm pulling this up? Yeah, the Simmons Harden trade. First of all, I I think I do think it is good for both sides, assuming Ben Simmons plays um, and assuming James Harden plays. I, I don't love Curry leaving as a Sixers fan, but James Harden's much much better than Seth Curry in, in every way, um, except for maybe maybe shooting. I think Curry's just a little bit better of a shooter than, than Harden as spot up shooter. That is. Um, I think for the Nets, um, Paul Millsap's just a wash. Like they don't really care about him. Getting Andre Drummond isn't bad either. Drummond's kind of 
Um, he's a backup. He's a role player at this point, but he'll contribute in a lot of ways. He's a very good rebounder. Probably one of the best rebounders in the game, I would say, coming off the bench. Um, that was really good. Um, let's see. Who else? I feel like another kind of big trade happened, didn't it? Yes, here it is. Uh, the Mavericks traded Chris Topps for Zingas and a second-round pick to the Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. Huh? I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I think and he's I a Bertans. really good player. Yeah, Bertans is a, yeah, he's a very good shooter. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dinwiddie is very underrated. I think Jason Kidd said that Luka doesn't need a star. He just needs role players. Yes. And if he's right about that, Dinwiddie's a very good role player. Yeah, uh, I think Kristaps just – I think people think he's a little bit better than what he is, and I also think well, yes. he thinks he's a little better than what he is. Yeah. So he's just yeah. not there. I think Dinwiddie will demand the ball much less and yeah. let Luka just take care of things and dish mm-hmm. it out when he needs to, shoot it's it when he needs to. They just need him to, to control it, you know? Um even though he doesn't have the athleticism that LeBron does, to me, I think he can be uh, a LeBron-ish type just because yeah. he can do it all. Maybe not defensively, but mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball. Like, he can dish it out. He can shoot it. He can score. He can make plays. He, You know, so he just needs people around him that can shoot. He no, people- it was like a year ago when um, Stephen A. Uh, was saying that this Luca might be the best white player that he's seen since Larry Bird. So that's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, and, and look at white. Dirk. I will too. agree with that. <laughs> look at Dirk, too, with the Mavericks. He didn't have the best players ever around him. Um, it's just like role players. Like, can that still win in the NBA? <sighs> Man, I don't know. But it doesn't hurt to try because it's very hard for them to get another star next to Luca without it hurting Luca. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Even look at LeBron, Russell Westbrook, you know, look at, look yeah. at LeBron with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Russell demands the ball a lot. Um, yeah. What's that? To the detriment of the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple small ones. The Hornets traded with the Wizards. They got Montrezl Harrell. That's good. The Hornets' only problem was they haven't had a big man in the paint to do things. Now they do. I like Montrezl Harrell. He is a monster. Um, so maybe it'll help them. Uh, the Celtics won, won a finally good trade for the first time in years. You got Derek White. I'll take it. Derek White's pretty good. And we gave up Romeo Langford and Josh Richardson and a pick for like forever. Oh me. no, not Josh! Oh. <laughs> Darn, uh, he did so much for us. Um, let's see. Um, I'm I'm scrolling back through this. Do 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 do. Um, there wasn't a whole other. Oh, this was the big one. The the four team trade. So. Uh, the Kings are getting Dante DiVincenzo, which is crazy because there was already a voided trade in, what, 2020 for DiVincenzo to go to the Kings? That was weird. Um, Marvin Begley is going to the Pistons. The Bucks are getting Serge Ibaka. And Detroit is taking uh, or sending Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles to the Kings. And the Bucks are sending Simi Ojale and Rodney Hood to the Clippers. That's only big because it's a four-team trade. That doesn't happen often. But the big one in there for me, there's two. Marvin Bagley gets a new home, which the Pistons aren't much better, but at least maybe they can try to use him in a better way. He's just never quite turned into what he was supposed to. And for the Bucks to pick up Ibaka for basically nothing, that's huge. They did that last year with um, – oh, help me out, Kyle. What's his name? Uh, who did they trade for? The center. Backup, huh? What team again? The Bucks. The Bucks. Uh, frick. I don't know. Anyways, the point <laughs> being, they did it before and it helped them. Um, I'm trying to see what else got traded. That was Lopez. Huh? Lopez. Lopez? No, no, it's somebody that's like pointless. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Um, where is it? I know McCollum got traded, but I don't remember what he got traded for. Oh, yeah. He got traded to the Pelicans for, uh, where is it? Hello. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Trailblazers sent CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Sadoransky, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and some future stuff. The big thing is we finally put a good guard with uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams. So maybe that turns into something. We'll see. Um, and the, the last big trade, and I couldn't believe this, and I'm so mad. If I was a Pacers fan, I'd be so mad. They traded Sabonis over for Heald and. Um, uh, healed and oh my gosh, why can't I find this stuff? Like this is supposed to list it out, and it's not. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Uh, he was the guard for from last year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. That's great. Oh, that dude. But you traded Sabonis. I would have traded Miles Turner. Like I'd rather yeah. have. I'd rather have Sabonis than Miles Turner. Am I crazy, Kyle? Like. No, but you wouldn't have gotten Halliburton and Buddy Heald for Miles Turner. Yeah, I think I think we're really banking on those guards doing, and I think they will do well. Halliburton's really good. Um, Buddy Heald, yeah, you kind of know what Buddy Heald is. He's basically just a let me shoot the ball twenty times a game, and I'll make it eight times, but I'll score a lot of points for you. Um, <laughs> but Halliburton's like, I think he can be a really guard, really good guard for the Pacers. Uh, they don't seem to warrant any kind of like elite guard play, but they seem to have at least very talented guards. But you got rid of your best big, um, so yeah. So maybe it pans out for them. Maybe they're going for a big in the draft. I don't know, but Sabonis. Like I knew they needed to split up the twin towers, but I would have kept Sabonis. I don't know, but that's just me. Anyways, guys. Uh, that's going to wrap up another jock talk for us. Um, that was a crap load of information. So sorry. Uh, click <laughs> like, subscribe, share, hang with us, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.